0: to the energetic radio podcast my name is dale Sobottom. each week i'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun energy and purpose into your lives let the show begin to episode number 157 of the podcast. Now, before I get into introducing today's guest, where we're, we're going to talk about life, success, business, um, and so many different things that people of all walks in life will be able to take, adapt, and really implement into their lives. But um, I just wanted to say a really big thank you to Everybody around the globe for the launch of our daily mission cards by Sugar Life. Um, they are now in over 15 different countries around the world with the emphasis on improving uh, happiness, joy, and everybody's quality of life by practicing gratitude, kindness, and so forth with our daily mission cards. So if you haven't checked those out yet, go to Sugar Life, so that's J U G A R dot life check out our daily mission cards. They have been used in sports clubs, workplaces, at homes, and in schools with great results. Now, let's get into today's guest. And this guy is not only an absolute superstar, but probably one of the most successful entrepreneur business owners I've had the pleasure of meeting. Um, Ralph Carr, if you haven't heard of him, is the manager to some of the biggest names in entertainment. Um, And recently, he's got into the sports side of things as well. And for those people in Australia who would have heard of the amazing deal the record-breaking deal he did with Dustin Martin. Now, we're gonna talk about the last 35 years of his life in business, and also his upbringing and everything like that, and he's gonna share so many sort of tips and secrets that he's learned along the way to be super successful in everything he does. And the one thing that I really wanted to have him on the show is because Ralphie's been a huge influence and mentor for me over the past three years, Um, and I just know that you're gonna take so much away from today's chat. So, guys, this is episode number one 157 with the absolute superstar Ralphie Carr. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited on location today, and probably in one of the nicest offices I've had the pleasure of uh, doing a podcast in with a good mate and mentor of mine, Ralphie Carr. How are you, buddy? Good, mate. How are you? Darling? Really good, really good. Now, I suppose you're a pretty private sort of guy, mate, and um, I know you don't often talk a lot about yourself, but I just wanted to get a little bit of your background, upbringing, and everything like that today. But before I do, you're looking really healthy and fit lately, mate. What's uh, Thanks, What's mate. going on? It's the Dell
1: Sidebottom Program, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't That's for a all, plug, but... It's, uh, it's, all, it's all good. It's uh, healthy eating and... Lots of training, and yep. that makes a difference. And,
0: and no coffee, mate. That's uh, one thing. I was yep. actually going to roll in with a coffee, but then I thought it was a little bit mean.
1: No, no, no. Um, I, um, I stopped coffee like six weeks ago now, and it, shit, it's made a, a huge difference, and I feel so much better. And um, Yeah, so it's working for me.
0: Good, mate, good. And, and I know that uh, obviously getting that diet right and everything like that, mate, you're uh, probably moving better than you have in a long time. And one of the other things I love, that you're a big believer in walking. And you do a lot of walking. Do you want to talk about not only the benefits physically, but also it's really helped you mentally.
1: Yeah, it does help you mentally. I I, work, I walk maybe I don't know eight ten kilometres a day. Yeah. And uh, it's just so good. I think it's it's good for me physically and mentally because it's a lot of downtime of thinking. And and for anyone that's in business will appreciate what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, they definitely will. Now we're going to talk about business and uh, all the amazing work you're doing and everything like that. But um, I really like your upbringing as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about your upbringing? Because you are a family man. You are very close with your family. Do you want to talk a little bit about, like, what your life growing up was like?
1: Sure. I mean, it was pretty humble, really. Um, Didn't come from a a, a really well-off family. Um, um, uh, Humble, tough upbringing in North Fitzroy and then moving out to the northern suburbs. And then basically half the time... um, on a farm just outside Woodend. Um, So I got to experience, you know, hard work on the farm. Yep. um, Which I think um, helped me. And, uh, you know, um, that was tough. There was lots of love and and mum and dad were terrific and, um, you know, they instilled some really good, um, you know, um, lessons and life lessons that I still abide to today yeah
0: yeah so that hard work obviously growing up um how has that sort of translated and helped you with everything you've done do you think that that was a catalyst for because you're an extremely hard worker very successful do you think a lot of that comes back to the values that you obviously were instilled to by your parents
1: definitely i think it's things that your parents say to you when you i don't know 10 to 15 that really stay with you. Yep. And I remember my dad saying to me, you know, nothing's impossible. He'd always say that, nothing is impossible. And that kind of, you know, stayed with me. And then the other thing was um, uh, the the ethos or, you know, to work hard. Yep. Just if you work hard, things will happen. Yeah. And so those two things really stuck with me, the work ethic and then the nothing is impossible. Yeah. You know, so... Um, yeah, that was, that was a pivotal moment yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. as a kid, you know, yeah. to hear that.
0: Because I think at the end of the day, you can have mentors, you can have all these people, but it's obviously the people you grow up with that you emulate, and you see what they've done for you, and I know that you're doing the same thing now for your three kids and everything like that, and all the people you will work with. So not only have you had good role models, but you also have played a lot of sport, Um, And I'm a big believer that sport is crucial in every area of your life. So let's talk about growing up. You obviously, you played footy, boxing. Yep. What else? Talk about those two particularly, because I know you love both of those.
1: Look, yeah, my two loves growing up were uh, music and sport. And I loved both of those things. And I'd listened to a lot of music. And and look, I I couldn't afford, back in those days, it was records. I I couldn't afford records. And uh, I remember going to my cousin's. House all the time. He had lots of records. Yeah, 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 he was yeah. he was a school teacher, and he could afford them And, <laughs> and um, we just sit there for hours, just listening to music, and I, I loved it. And uh, um, hence why I got into music because it was a, a passion. Yeah. And then sport. Um, I I I did boxing as a um, a fifteen year old, and uh, I was amateur uh, boxing champion. And uh, and then through that um, became super fit and um, I was playing football at school and then got drafted by Carlton or got invited to go down and train with them and played in the thirds there and um, yeah and and just continued working out really from that moment and I think it's a really important part of your life if you want to be successful you have to be fit.
0: Yeah yeah and that, um, I think that's a really good point all, all successful people you hear and speak to they have some fitness routine or they have an outlet. Like even walking, you're talking about now that obviously you're a little bit older, your body probably can't do what it used to, that, yes. that is crucial that you have part of that of any daily routine. So Good. what have you what are some of the lessons that you've learned obviously boxing is such a to get to be where you were and be amateur champion and everything like that. And also football training play in the afl you know like the highest level um what did they teach you about yourself sort of the commitment side of things um and the dedication you need to apply to become the best at what you did i think it was the
1: same principles as what my dad kind of instilled yeah it was hard work and discipline and and um that through hard work you have success and and that was the lesson i learned back then football was a bit different it wasn't a full-time job and uh but to make it or become a good player or become successful, you had to work hard. Yep. And, um, you know, at all, you know, what my dad had taught me kind of played out with footy and boxing. Yeah. And so it was good.
0: Yeah, and, we, and we'll, probably we'll talk a little bit more about how the AFL's
1: changed and the game, yeah. and, and
0: particularly sport in general. I'm sure boxing yeah. has changed big time. But for you, you become a rock star. You were a musician, and that was... So how did you decide that you wanted to... Pursue the band side of thing, the music side of thing, and, and sort of walk away from football and the boxing because you're very good at that as well.
1: Well, it was interesting because I did okay in school, but I, I always, uh, it was really interesting that I always had this bigger picture uh, for myself. Your mind and racing? It was a, yeah, it was a yeah. it was maybe a dream, but the dream would become reality. Um, the dream was that there was there was more to what I was going to do. There was, um, I was going to, uh, I I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I knew I loved sport and I loved, um, music, but I didn't at that point realize that that's what I was going to do. Um, and, uh, I, I just got, I left school and, uh, I knew I wanted to do something in sport and music, but I was really trying to find myself, um, in terms of, um, uh, work so I wanted to work so I knew that I, I I wanted to do something I didn't want to stay home. So you've always so I, you've always you know, had that drive. Yes, the drive yeah. I've always had. So I was I was looking and I got random jobs in in the holidays. So what, what was sorry to cut
0: off you but what was some of the random jobs you've done? Because I think well, this is always interesting yeah. to hear because obviously now you're very successful in what yeah. you're doing and and yeah. you've gone to, you've got your passion what you wanted. Yeah. But like what was
1: some of those jobs you did? Oh, I think I did everything. In fact, <laughs> I. I I went in school holidays and worked for an insurance company and um, I'll never forget this because uh, Dennis Pagan worked there as well and, and, uh, and I met Dennis through um, working there and then uh, I remember the CEO coming to me after a few months of being there saying, oh, you're really good, son. You know, if you stay here... <laughs> you're a good if you're, if stay here. <laughs> if you stay here, we're going to give you a car and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, gee, that's amazing. A car. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then um, uh, a broker who became a really big part of uh, uh, me moving forward or learning about business or, uh, or becoming a success... This broker came to me and said, if you come and work for me, I'll give you a car and I'll give you more money, etc." And I'm thinking, it was always short-term for me. I'm thinking, okay, it's more money. I'm going to go over and work with this guy because I really admired him. He was really clever and he was sophisticated and he was uh, um, um, really good at what he did and and successful. And so I I went over and worked for him. And I remember he, he, he taught me a major lesson He pulled me aside one day, and I was awfully young, but he said to me, son, there's two roads you can go down. And I said, really? And he said, "Um, the first one is you can can work nine to five, you can live in an average home, drive an average car, you might be the happiest guy on earth. Or you can work a, a lot more, push yourself a bit more, maybe get a better house and a better car. Well, being the ambitious young kid that I was yeah. I was like nah I want, I want, I want <laughs> to go want down this side. road yeah, I want yeah. to go down the yeah. the road of working more and I've always worked hard you yeah. know dad taught me that yeah. you know? so um, that was a, a a vital lesson that I learnt at a really early age and I thought if I if I wanted a better life or a better career or better money or better every, anything I had to work more yeah. I think that's a
0: really good point you make there that a lot of people will probably look at you now and say oh you're really lucky You know, things are, things are going really well for you but it really does come down to you've made your own luck and you yep. chose to work as hard as you have sacrifice and put all this stuff in so obviously that guy was a really good mentor for you and that yep. was great advice you've had your father and your mother and things like that have you had other like mentors along the way that have really shaped you because I'm a big believer in having good people around you that are better yep. than you that will help you grow
1: I have. I've had a couple of really good mentors, but I've had people that I've worked with along the way that I've, um, I don't know, they've rubbed off on me or I've learnt things from them. You know, um, just to name a few, uh, you know, Max Ritter was the person that gave me the advice on the two roads, but then Richard Pratt, I remember him saying to me, "Don't, son, don't work nine to five, work five to nine.
0: (laughs) I remember you telling me that. That's always stuck with me. I really like that. So...
1: Um and and again it was the work ethic. Yep. Again it, and I related this way back to what my father said again.
0: It's funny how it keeps coming back, yeah. isn't it? Yeah.
1: That's and um you need to be smart, you need to be you know, um intelligent about what you do, but you need to have the work ethic. Yeah. I remember reading Steve Jobs' book and, and they're no different, all those big successful people. Uh he slept on the floor. Yeah. He worked right through the nights and slept on the floor. So I don't think there's an easy way.
0: No, there's not. And that's. I think that's the beauty of obviously podcasting and books because Steve Jobs' book, that is just insane what he was actually able to do. But it didn't just come. It, it took so many years. So I love that. And if people are listening and you don't have a mentor, reach out to somebody you admire or somebody that's doing great work and collaborate with them because the best way to learn is by surrounding yourself with people that are better than you. So I think that's really good advice. For so let's get back to when you were a rock star, mate, you were dominating. When did you decide that... Um, maybe you weren't going to be the front man. You weren't going to be the next Michael Hutchison. You weren't going to do that. But you were going to start managing. When, what, what was the switch there? How did that happen?
1: It was. Yeah. It was. I, I remember the moment because um, my dad had taught me to be hard work, but he always and he it he was always a realist about things. And I think I was um, playing in the band and. There was a, a moment of uh, truth, uh, I don't know, putting myself under the microscope, yep. saying, okay, well, I'm not the greatest guitar player on earth. I'm, I'm not, I am I'm don't think I'm in the greatest band on earth. I don't think we're going to um, be world beaters. But it was fun. Yep. You know, and that was the important thing at the time. And I was doing something I loved, and that's really important. Yeah. Because yep. when you do something you love, obviously... Chances of success are higher. And really, I fell into management because the boys in the band said, Oh, well, you should deal with the agent. Ah, okay. Who was Frank Stavala at the time, you know, and I was awfully young, and he was the number one agent, and I may have been 17, 18. And uh, I'd deal with him, I'd deal with all the business, and I'd book the trucks and whatever else, And, and I virtually fell into it. You know, it wasn't something that. I didn't know what I was going to do, but yeah. having having um, uh, managed the band, per se, that I was in, I kind of thought, well, this is maybe what I'm meant to do. Yeah. And, and then... It went on from there.
0: I just sort of snowboard, and yep. I, I love what you just mentioned there—that fun and love. Yep. I'm, a, I'm a huge believer that if you're not enjoying it, having fun, doing something, then you're not going to love it. And if you're not going to love it, then you're not going to be successful because you're going to you're going to hate it, you're going to dread doing it. So I think they're two crucial bits as well that you've just mentioned there. So again, you've fallen on your feet, but again, I think you've made your own luck because you're in the right situation at the right time. Let's talk about going from you know just finding your way. How did you start? Business. How did you start getting clients? What Did that just snowball? Was that just a hard work ethic? How did that happen,
1: Ralphie? I think just having confidence in yeah, yourself yeah. too. Yep. And I think that you, you, you suddenly realise, and again, it's going back to the, the, the nothing is impossible that yeah. we're ever saying. What I realised is once I was meeting all these people that were successful, they were just people. Yeah. You know, and... In a sense, I was making it up as I was going yeah, along. Most people do. But <laughs> I knew that I was dedicated and I knew I was going to work hard. So I just approached clients. And I remember approaching my first client saying, hey, yeah, I'm an unknown. Yeah. you know, No one knows me. Yeah. But let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, I don't care who you get. I'm going to work twice as hard as that person. Yeah. And I'm going to give you that. And I can promise you that I'll give you the work ethic and I'll give you every shot I've got. Yeah. And I, I scored that and then that worked and then I went on from there.
0: And it, it just slowly started building And then way. you
1: just apply all your principles that you believe in. Yeah. And, um, and if you apply all those and, as I said, you're doing something you love, then the likelihood of success is... Becomes uh, greater. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I know that you've traveled all over the world you've lived all over the world you've managed yeah. rock stars yeah. and actors comedians you you name it you've done it all um and now obviously really big into the sports side of thing as well so um how important is that relationship building i think life comes back to relationships and that you can form but how important is that relationship building with your clients and you know those people you work with because as you said you're going into people that are High profile, and I can imagine you've worked with the most high profile people ever. How important is respect and relationships in everything you do?
1: Well, it's it's everything, and you know, um, again, it comes. I had my, and I think I wrote them down here for you, Dale. I had my six principles of what, and I still remember them.
0: Yeah, so six principles like in business or just
1: yes, in business or life and life, it it applied to both things. But you know, um, management is is taking care of people and people's lives and their careers as well as their personal life. So, if I knew that if I applied the principles um, that I kind of believed in to what I was doing, it would the chance of success was going to be. Greater. Yeah, yeah cool. Ages. So, so what, what were those six up here? Like oh, I'm, six I'm were, sure I'm sure okay, people are
0: listening yeah. and um, I, I want to know personally, so I've yeah. been selfish. What, what are yeah. your six, mate?
1: Well, the six were, uh, you know, number one, which was the most important thing, do what you love. Yeah, crucial. And if you do what you love, then you're going to work harder, you know, and you're going to believe in it, Yep. whatever else. Um, the hard work, you know, I mean, you need to work harder than...
0: Than anyone else. Than anyone yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And then three, um, one of the most important things, and I wrote this because I, I you know, I, I kind of got a bit of this at an early age. Um, don't worry about what people think or of you and what you're doing. Yeah. Because everyone seemed to have an opinion, mm-hmm. and there was jealousy or whatever else there was. But don't worry about what anyone says. Just do what you believe in, and do it well.
0: Yeah, and that, that's. I think that's really important because you would have had. <laughs> yep. the, you've, you're always in the paper, yep. and a lot of the time it's for silly reasons or different things like that. So, yeah. how do you like to get back? I know it's only three, yeah. but how do you block that out?
1: Because well, you just gotta, like... you just got to block it out because you know you you know what you've done is is truthful and right. Yep. And you know, uh, you know, uh, I know the journalists have got a job to do, but they don't have their facts together. Uh, a lot of the time yeah. in yeah. today's world. Mm. Back in the day it was a little bit different. Um, so, you know, you 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 just gotta ignore the outside noise mm. and get on with what you do. And if you're honest and true to what you're doing, then guess what? It doesn't matter what they say or yeah. what people think. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it, it's a it's a hard one though, isn't yeah, it? Because it, it you, you still read it. Human it is still nature it. is that
1: you want everyone to love you. Correct. But the reality is it'll never happen. Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, um, the um, the bigger you get, yeah, you know,
0: well, the, the more the, open
1: you are for criticism. Yeah, and I suppose yeah.
0: that's where I suppose you've been a little bit more private. They probably try and clutch on at anything because well, they don't
1: know the full story. Correct. Yeah. Correct, and and I've never wanted to kind of talk about it, but. Yeah, the fact that we're quiet and we just get on with the job, yeah. that makes them more curious about what we Of course it does. When they can't get you, they want you. And especially when you're having success yeah. continuously. Yep. Because, you know, um, you know, um, I remember when I first had success at 19 or something and they said, oh, well, gee, yeah, he just got lucky. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay. I got lucky. I didn't think I did get lucky (laughs) because I worked damn hard. Yep. And then I did it again and they went, oh, I got lucky again. (laughs) Anyway, the 10th or 20th time, they're still saying it. So, you know, you kind of think, okay, well, I'm not even going to listen to this rubbish. Because you're a real lucky person. I'm just going to get on with it. (laughs) Yeah, good.
0: Yeah. So that's good. I I think that's really important. Block out the noise for number three. And then
1: number four is don't give up. Don't give up. You know, it mightn't, you know turn out the way you wanted it initially, but don't give up and keep going. Yeah.
0: You know, I, that's, that's really important. I, I just remember
1: a little story
0: about how you've helped me out. I, I think it's just before Christmas and um, I think we're both going away. And I was just, I just had a chat to you said, like I'm, I'm battling, you know, it's hard. And, and you just said, I remember this video. You said, mate, keep going. You're nearly there. Yeah. Keep yep. pushing and don't stop. And yeah. like, uh, uh, that really helped me. And uh, uh, have you felt those things
1: as well? A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you, you, uh, you get to a point where you feel that, you know, uh, I I can give you an example of it. I uh, I was working with Vanessa Marossi at the time, and and we'd worked for a year and a half solid on trying to get a hit song, and she was yelling and screaming at me at times, and. And I know that Vanessa was working incredibly hard, but yep. she'd had enough of writing songs. I think she'd <laughs> written 200 songs. she said, Ralph, I've had enough of this. And I said, no, 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 keep going. And we're in London. And I said, there's this session that you have to do in Sweden. And she said, I'm not going. I've had enough. That's it. Yeah. And I said, you've got to go. And then, you know, and again, it relates back to what you're saying, Dale. You get to a point where you go, God, I've had enough of yeah. this. Anyway, the, uh, uh, she went over. And uh, reluctantly, but when she got there, that week she wrote three of her first singles. She wrote the number one single, the number two single, number three single, which were all successful. Yeah. So the moral of the story is that when you think you're you're, uh, not getting anywhere or when the world's caving in, guess what? You're getting close. Yeah. You might be getting close to magic or success. Yeah.
0: And so. that and that's when you're getting close to that luck that everyone keeps saying about you, you know. And um, that's, for people listening again, that's how important it is to have people around you that have been there. Um, yes. And I know just personally that helped me a lot yep. because you do get lost, like Vanessa was, like I'm sure so many other yep. people have, and just you say, nah, mate, you've got to keep going. And that, that's yep. all it is, isn't it?
1: And, you know, the, the other thing to remember too, that uh, for some reason people always thought that... Um, maybe because I was quiet, that I was a little bit arrogant and over-enthusiastic. Well, guess what? I I, I just loved what I did. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be animated with what I did. Yeah, and yeah. I'd crow about it, not in a way that I wanted to show off, in a way that I was thrilled for the person I was working with yeah. and what we'd done because we'd worked so hard. Sometimes people can interpret that differently, you know, and I can honestly say my whole career, I was just incredibly enthusiastic yeah. about winning. Yep. You know, and...
0: But then I think the thing there, Ralphie, is that people are always, if they want to see a certain way, they're going to see a certain way. It doesn't correct. matter how you act. Correct. And it probably comes back to that third principle where you've got to block out that noise. You've got to block out yeah. the noise. Yeah, so matter. true. I like that.
1: And the fourth one, don't give up, of course. And then five, um, um, one of the um, the best quotes I ever heard was, um, you know, um, if you never lie, you'll never have to remember anything. And that ties in with being diligent and honest about what you do. And if there's an honesty in your work, then um, that shines through yeah. and you get the reward. Yep. So um, that was my fifth principle. And my sixth one was that acknowledge mistakes and that was, I am going to make mistakes, mm. and I've got to acknowledge them and move on from them and learn from them, and acknowledge the mistakes with the people that I'm working with mm. and own up to them. Yeah. So that was uh, an important thing for me. It's
0: a, it's a hard one, though. Yep. Like, because that's been vulnerable. You're showing that you're not perfect, that you are making mistakes, but then that probably allows that relationship to build deeper. Yes. And... For them to say, oh, geez, he has owned that. Yeah. Let's move on together. Instead, if you brush that aside, that's when people say he's arrogant. He's well, always you know, right.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I, I just think that, you know, that we're all going to make mistakes. And if we can learn from them, move on from them, be honest about them, then guess what? It makes a better business and it makes a better business relationship with yeah. whoever the person is. Or.
0: Yeah. And I, I suppose that comes down to any part of your life, at home, in work, friends, any part. If you... Can be open and honest and, and own up to those mistakes. You know that, that I think that's a really important thing. So six principles there, mate. I, I think they're really really crucial. So um, when it does come to business, how did you obviously you're managing so many people in the in the entertainment industry? Yeah. How did you get into? Because I want to talk about obviously what you've been able to do for Alf car management, sport, yeah. and probably one of the most publicised things ever was the Dustin Martin yeah. signing, and we'll get to that. But sure. how did how did you, did you go right? I want to get into sport now. Did you just say, I'm going to do it? interesting is, no,
1: it is, was, was interesting that, I was interesting that um, again, I fell into it a bit um, and um, I, I wanted to do it early on and then I dropped off and then John Elliott and a few of the Carlton people had asked me to be on the board and I was reluctant to do that. And then when Pratt became the uh, president... Yep. Um, I became a board member for three years. Um, and that put me on the other side. And then during that time, I'd met with Simon Fuller, who was a friend of mine who was a music manager who created a sports company and said, well, he's managing and he wanted to be boutique and small company. And I said, well, that's what we do. And he said, well, you know, I manage David Beckham... Andy Murray and Lewis Hamilton. Well, wow. What are you going to get, right? And I said, Oh, well, um, well, <laughs> you, you probably couldn't get three big exactly. names Exactly. <laughs> so I came back to Australia enthusiastic, jumped off the board. It was great because I learned the other side of the fence and then started my management company. And, and Dustin was one of the first clients I got. Yeah. And, um, um, I think Dusty was clever, and I've, I've been public about this. Dustin was clever in the fact that. He wanted to meet with me. He wanted me personally to manage him. He knew that I was different. And um, I made it very public then, which Dustin didn't realise. Uh, I don't know. Probably he did. I, I never spoke to him about it. But I think early on I said I was going to make him a very powerful brand, yeah. and uh, similar to David Beckham. Yeah which we've been able to well, achieve. Well, and
0: you have, and I want to talk about that. But one thing I've always been interested in with obviously management and player managers and agents and what – do you want to give us definition? So there's obviously there's a lot of – a huge
1: difference. Yeah, huge.
0: so a lot of sports stars have yep. a manager. What, yep. what have you been able to – and I suppose this is where you're very unique and you can just yep. see what you've done with Dusty, but what's the difference? Like, how, can you describe that for well, me?
1: Most, most of sports uh, – most athletes have got an agent – Yep. Agent is completely different. Agent is someone that speaks to you, I don't know, a few times a year, does your contract, maybe does your apparel deal, and that's about it. Yeah, A manager is someone that takes care of everything, you, you know, from your personal life to your business to forecasting, and, um, you know, that's what I've done since I was 19. So um, I know it inside out. We're more... We're better equipped to get endorsements, ambassadorships, etc., um, for our clients. And there's a huge difference because a manager is better equipped in all areas in terms of working with lawyers, working with brands, other brands, uh, working with marketing people, knowing how to market a certain brand you know, whereas agents don't specialise in that area.
0: They they focus on the contract. Correct. Yeah. And Correct. and that's sort of their main area. So you've really changed and this is we were very public about this and the, obviously before Richmond won the flag, you come out and Dusty signed and obviously had the best year ever in football with everything going on. So do you want to talk us through that because you well, probably I, I, people been, wanna yeah. people wanna hear about this, Ralphie. Yeah, I've
1: been vocal uh, let me firstly say that dustin uh, uh, I I was privileged to meet him he's he's a friend i call him family friend well he's like your he's, son isn't he yes yeah. and he's an um, incredible person incredible human being incredible athlete and i'm i'm privileged to work with him and i feel honored to kind of be a part of his success yeah um there's I've been very vocal about this. I think um, players in today's world are very different. Spana, um, they want much more than just the playing. Yep. Um, and I've been vocal about players achieving all that stuff outside football and and becoming brands rather than just a footballer that's got a lifespan of six or eight years, yeah. and then he's gone. Mm. I, th- I think the um, I don't hold me to this, but the AFL statistic is uh, very high of players only playing 50 games. So I think the uh, average
0: is I think it's like six or seven yeah,
1: games. Correct.
0: And and you think when they put their whole life into that, yeah, that's not that's not going to you up, is it?
1: I I agree. So. Uh, we as managers, we're re- or the agents and 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 us as a company, we're going to look at this seriously. And um, um, I love the change that's happening um, because it's coming from the players as well. They're yeah. demanding it. They're a lot smarter. You'll you. Uh, my prediction is you'll see a lot more player um, uh, movement from manager or agents to agents or managers, managers to managers yep. because they'll realise that they're not getting the complete service they need, especially the elite players. Yeah. The elite players should be with elite managers. Mm, Yeah. Because they're the ones that can maximise their income and... Particularly off-field. Yes.
0: Because, you know, there's a salary cap and everything like that. So do you think a lot of this has come from obviously u s sports and and the English Premier League and things like that because they earn a lot of money playing, but then like I think Michael Jordan's still nearly the biggest earner, earner and he hasn't played for how many years
1: i hear, i agree and and this is I meet with the NFL managers and met with a lot of the managers soccer football managers in England and they're they're far more advanced than we are, yeah in terms of um, you know, how they manage and what they get and how they deal with their clients. In a sense, I'm modelled on that. Yeah. I, You know, as you know, I lived in London, I lived in America. So I'm a little bit more experienced in the things outside football, including business outside. We've been very successful in business, so in setting up a player or an athlete after their career is important to me. Yeah, yeah. so yeah I think we're better equipped
0: Yeah, and, and obviously, and it's a
1: changing world and it's a changing world as I said the, the, the plays it's exciting the kids are exciting because they're smarter and they're, they're more sassy to social media well and, I think social media
0: is huge and, that, and that's obviously yeah. a huge draw card that you know it's probably a negative as well all these mad Monday bad things because everyone's filming you today but then also the potential to build your yes. personal brand and Correct. I rolled in here today with my DM Dustin Martin Bean yep. that you gave me yep. the other day how, how cool is that that you've yeah. I know that was your vision and this was probably about five six years ago that you're yeah. going to want to make it like David yes. Beckham yeah. you're now selling out Palladiums all over yeah. Australia doing yeah. speaking tours yeah. he's doing all these things he's a face of Bonds
1: and face of Boost and and the Kennedy Group which have been terrific to us and Jeep and you know he's becoming the brand that I always wished he was walking billboard
0: on. nearly he's got that many sponsors yes. which is great and so and was, that, all was all that hard to, to do though
1: well you know, we were offered. It's it's funny to hear this, but we we're offered probably twenty or thirty other things that we knocked back. Yeah, we tried to make all our associations authentic. Yep. Um, our association with bonds is authentic. With VooSt is authentic, and um, we knocked back millions of dollars uh, with other brands that we didn't think suited Dustin, or Dustin didn't believe in, yep. and we didn't believe in. So. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting all round. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm I've, thrilled for him.
0: Yeah, and I know, I know that that you've done that because you wanted to set him up and everything like that. So, um, do you see that with a lot of your players? Because you're getting you don't want to have too many yes. though, do you? because you want unique individuals. Yes, and you want to. It's true. And you want to make it so it's about them and, and their personal brand.
1: Well, again, it goes back to my principles of business. Yep. I've got to love the, I've got to love what I'm doing. Yeah. And if I love what I'm doing, and I love the client that I'm working with, then the likelihood of success is high. Yeah. So, if I like the person, and I've always been, on no, um, excited by talent. Yep. Whether it's a talented musician, talented singer, talented AFL footy player. Talented cricketer, yeah, You know, basketball, a boxer. You anyway, know, I watch Floyd Mayweather. I, I get excited. I'm not working with the guy, but I get excited watching him. Yep. So, talent is exciting, and if we want to work with extremely talented people, if if we if extremely talented young footballers come to me, and I'm excited by it. The likelihood of me working with them is high.
0: Yeah. You you want yeah. you want those people. Yep. Yeah. So just to keep going with obviously big names. So it's obviously in Australia and I've got a lot of people around the world. So you recently had Charlie Sheen come over yep. and you worked a lot with him and you've had other huge names come over, Susan Presley yep. and, and all yep. these people. From working with those people and spending time with them. Do you see similar traits in successful people? Um, or, and even particularly people you rub shoulders with every day. I know when, when we're together, your phone goes off sure. a million times and they're big profile people. Do these people all have similar traits? Why they're they've, successful?
1: Yeah, they've all got similar qualities. Special, special, special qualities, special talent, uh, a special drive. Um, You know, for argument's sake, I love Eddie McGuire because I love his drive. Yeah. He's an exceptional human being. He actually, you know, people think he's all about Congo. He actually cares about football. He does. He He actually cares about other teams, believe it or not. And he cares for the game and he cares... uh, uh, about what he does every day, whether he 's on radio, whether he 's on television, he actually cares, prepares correctly he 's a professional mm. and all these people that i 've worked with are are unbelievable talents that are extremely professional and extremely smart, yeah, you know so it's it's an honor for me to work with him and to be surrounded by these people and to talk to these people because i 'm learning every second from them as well,
0: yeah, and I, I think that 's a really true point that you know they are successful again and it comes back to probably why you're successful those six principles you spoke about yes. the work ethic yep. um the dedication and and the fun and love yes, and you can tell you can tell that by everything you said today that you do have a love particularly around dustin and yes. the other players you've managed and the people you've managed and the people you work with because you enjoy doing it uh, and I, I love that point ralphie
1: yeah and i think that you know at the height of dustin's um, the height of height, he won the Norm Smith. He won, and, and I watch. I look back and, and look at this interview and thought, that's exactly what I said was exactly right. Yeah. Because he just won the grand final straight after the grand final win, Norm Smith. Greatest year ever. Ever. For yeah. A football player, and and Channel Seven said, "Well, how are you feeling? And what's what's the message? And I said, "Well, the message is. To all these kids out there, the message is not about Dustin Martin. Dustin Martin's just done what he thought. He's a great player and he did it. But the the real message here is that nothing's impossible. Kids watching this, kids watching Dustin win all these awards and having a record-breaking, should realise that they could do that too if they want it. Yeah. And to all those underprivileged kids, I mean... uh, Dustin didn't have the best upbringing ever yep. you know um, it was like similar to mine uh, uh, not not um, uh, you know a privileged upbringing uh, but he fought through that and became a superstar of the game. Yep. so the message is that any kid out there that irrelevant of their upbringing can achieve the ultimate success yeah that's the real message
0: yeah and I, it's, it's so true you do hear, it does sound cliche. But again, it's not if you want something bad yes, enough.
1: exactly right. And
0: anybody can achieve anything. You can make your own luck. And I think today, you would have seen it in your time in business, how much it's changed. You know, where it used to be a lot about newspapers and things like that. Well, I don't know. I couldn't tell you last time I bought a newspaper. You know, we're doing a podcast now, but people want to hear an interview. Like, that was never a thing before, is it? So how much have you seen this change? Yeah,
1: oh, it's... In, in you know the changes happened, and the good thing for us is because we're in the entertainment business, and in uh, when I say entertainment, I include sport in that because sport is entertainment. Correct. Yeah. Um, we've had to keep reinventing ourselves, and we see the change because we're we're surrounded by young people and and what they do, and the changes have all been exciting. Yeah. Really, it's amazing how papers are really irrelevant. Yeah. No one watches television. It's complete, especially the kids. So it's completely different, completely, and that's why um, um, this whole space of managers agents got to change because the kids are so much more sassy to what's yeah. going on.
0: Yeah, particularly with like YouTube, oh, Instagram, amazing. Like it, so like you just said, TV—it's nearly gone with like Netflix, YouTube, all these things. Um, and as you said, newspapers, and so it's changing. And um, that's one thing that and you, if you you've don't, if you're do. not
1: up with that, and if you're not. If you don't know what's going on, that's when you get left behind. I think that one of the secrets to our success, to to still be around for this amount of time, mm-hmm. is that we've we've understood the change. Yep. We keep reinventing ourselves, and that's what keeps us in the game. Yeah.
0: I think that that's another great point. I, I can imagine people are walking, listening, driving, riding, whatever they're doing, and just stopping and taking notes, Ralphie. Now, I always like to finish off the interviews, mate. That uh, I've got a couple of questions. Now, if you could look back to eighteen-year-old Ralphie when you were boxing, when you were playing footy, yep. um, when you're doing everything you're doing, um, and you could give yourself one bit of advice that you've learnt over the years from managing people, travelling the world, living the high life, working hard, everything like that. What would that one bit of advice that you would go back and tell young Ralphie?
1: Um, I think uh, listen more I think uh, that at at 18 I was really you know (laughs) I'm just imagining (laughs) I was yeah and I think that um, and then think before I speak because I was making a lot of it up and I was having success and thinking wow this is easy and it wasn't easy yeah um and um, yeah, I I think listen more, and um, and I think the other thing maybe um, be good to the people go, uh, going up the ladder because you might meet them coming down, down the ladder. ladder. A that's
0: a very good point. You know, yeah.
1: so uh, maybe that's it.
0: Yeah, I I like that, and and it'd be you'd be surprised how many people I ask that to that are successful, and they say, I wish I could listen better. I think about that a lot and do you think that's something that you learn over time though like do you, know, do you think at 18 I
1: think youth is a. Um, I, I mean most kids will say you know you're you've, you're invincible yeah and, and you think everything you do and say is right yeah uh, nine times out of ten it's not <laughs> you know um, so yeah looking back maybe that's you know again I, I didn't have mentors then yeah um, so I didn't have anyone really talk to about that or anyone really pull me up on yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. And sometimes, you know, for people with the upbringing I had, maybe it takes a little bit longer. I did learn the lesson. Yeah. But yep. At 18, I didn't know. No, it. no, no, no. Yeah.
0: But that's it is a good point, And I think the power of listening is, it's a skill that people are realising. Because no one wants to hear someone just talking about themselves all the time. Um, so I think that's a really good one. Now, when it's all said and done, I've just got two to go, Ralphie. Yep. I, know, I know you're busy, mate. But uh, legacy. What do you want to be remembered for? What legacy do you want to leave on the world, mate? I've been uh,
1: I've been asked this question a few times, but I think it- the legacy is not, believe it or not, not so much about my business and what I've done there. And if there's anything there, I, ju- I just want the clients that I've worked with to know that, and they, I think they know it, that I gave it everything I had. Yep. Win, lose, or fail, whatever. I gave it everything I had. Um, but the most important thing, legacy-wise, is my three kids. Yep. You know, Jada, Levi, and uh, Reuben. That's the legacy for me. If they... If they think that I've been a good father, well, that's – I'll be happy with that. Yeah. And they are
0: beautiful kids, mate. So before I let you go, um, where can we find you? Where's the best place to find you online? We've spoken a lot about social media.
1: Um, Instagram, of course, Facebook and LinkedIn. LinkedIn any of those um, I'm on all of those and you can easily find me there
0: yeah big dog on there for any sure any questions Yeah, flick them through if yep, you uh, exactly. love today's chat and that's Ralph Carr with a double R for those guys there brum broom. so thank you. Um, Ralphie from me personally um, I understand um, how busy you are and things like that and you are a very private person and I've been trying to get you on here for a bit I've been nudging yep. away at it so personally thank you for Pleasure. not only being on the show but also your friendship and um even your mentorship that you may not even know you've done but it's just so simple little things that I really appreciate Um, and it's meant a lot to me so thank you very much mate cheers mate thanks for having me